Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You know, just a two-seamer came back there with the home run and the one down. But I thought he threw great tonight. Really a well-played game. Thought we ran the bases pretty well. Good defense, a lot of ground balls. It's nice to see Jay coming back in a lot of ground balls. Played good defense behind him, turned some nice ones. Um, yeah, just a, a nice clean game. Was nice. It felt a little more out of reach than it probably was. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. David Hall with Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock and talking baseball. You heard the voice of David Ross talking about Jake Arrieta's strong outing in Detroit, Bruce. That was welcomed by a Cubs pitching staff that looks a little bit improved lately. And I say lately, meaning the past week, but we have seen Zach Davies come on a little bit. Jake was strong last night, his first outing in a month, or not in a month, but of the month. And also Adbert Alzali with the, one of the five best sliders in baseball, according to advanced metrics, which is cool to see. And, you know, you, you get to the point where now it's up, it's down. This is what the Cubs are, I suppose. But where are you with their pitching staff and bullpen? And, and how much do you trust it uh, heading into the second part of the month? You know, David, the beauty of baseball is you have an ace on the south side in Lucas Giolito and an ace on the north side with Kyle Hendricks. And, uh, they're probably pitching the uh, the fifth best on each staff uh, so far at the beginning of this year. So, um, again, uh, I think that, uh, you know, looking at uh, at the Cubs right now, you, you're right. They're starting to get some length from their starters. And getting Arietta back, who has been quietly, uh, to me, one of the, the big surprises uh, in baseball and for the Cubs by how well he's pitched and how efficient He's been in all of his games. I mean, we we know that he doesn't dominate people with the nasty 95 and the uh, nasty wipeout slider anymore. But he he's learned to be uh, a pitcher, a guy you know like a Hendricks that can throw to all four quadrants and get people out and, and keep them off balance. And sure, give up a couple of home runs, solo versions, uh, but pitch six really good innings and keep you in a game. So I think that's been uh, interesting. Davies coming back has been uh, important it's starting to throw five and six innings. That has to happen. You know, they have to get Williams uh, to that point because uh, this bullpen, and uh, we're hoping to talk to um, Justin Steele here of that bullpen in a few minutes, it's just getting worn, to, worn thin. I mean, mm-hmm. most of those bullpen guys – over the first uh, 20 games, 25 games, are on, we're on pace to uh, 
throw every other game the entire year, 80 appearances. That can't that can't be. It can't happen. A bullpen can't hold up. So younger guys like Steele are, are coming into the bullpen and fortifying it. But the most important thing for credibility for the Cubs this year, they have to get length out of their starters. And they did last night six innings from Jake Arrieta through 78 pitches, only gave up two runs, four hits, only struck out a batter, and he did give up the two home runs you mentioned. But that is what is exactly what the Cubs – Needed and Bruce, I watch. I watch this staff, and I and I get encouraged by seeing Davies take a step back forward, and then you start to wonder because every com it seems like every context of every conversation revolves back to okay, are they helping this season in the in the case of Zach Davies, or are they improving their trade value? And do you see him as somebody that eventually will get to the point if this continues where he has value to the Cubs? as a trade piece in getting prospects or somebody in return for a team that might be seeking a starting pitcher, a veteran nearer the deadline. And the only way you can really have that conversation, I think responsibly is if you're the Cubs and you see some growth from your younger guys that we have talked about, maybe that continues. Maybe Davies takes a step backward, but that's sort of the way the season seems to be headed. Yeah, I think you make some really good points. I mean, you, you see Thompson coming up and showing signs of the future. Certainly, Alzale, with his power arm, has been a, a really pleasant uh, thing to see him go five or six innings if you're a Cub fan. Uh, so the future of the Cubs is based around pitching. I, I believe that they will be going after young pitching from everywhere, uh, that they will continue to try to develop their own. Uh, you know, we, we understood that during their championship run years, uh, the, the position players that they developed and traded for were the key to their success. But they put over half of their money in payroll toward uh, free agent pitching uh, during that time. This is the opposite I, I think approach. We're see the, yeah, I think we'll, we'll see that opposite approach that you, you just talked about, David, but, in the future. I think they're they're going to be building toward young pitchers. I think they'll make acquisitions if they trade a Bryant, if they trade a Rizzo, if they trade a Baez, if they trade a Davies. Uh, they're going to be looking for young pitching uh, to to really take the next step forward. Position players are important, but at this point in time, uh, the Cubs need to fortify their pitching and they need to build up the Steels and uh, and the Thompsons and the Alzales to. Uh, to important pitchers on their staff. Yeah, because now they're in a situation where they are hoping that these young pitchers finally develop. Let's look at Justin Steele as an example. He was drafted in 2014. He's had some injuries. He's now to the point where he's progressed. Maybe they can trust him. Maybe they can count on him as a piece of that rotation moving forward. Alzali, does he project as a potential ace, given his stuff, given his ability and potential that you see? In a perfect world, he's your number two starter, Bruce, number three starter. Could he be somebody at the top of the rotation? Because you've got Keegan Thompson, you've got Justin Steele, you've got Braylon Marquez, and you've got uh, Alzali. Now, if those four pitchers can all progress at a, at a rate that is – uh, allows you to contend, it will allow you to spend and to focus on the position group, which is, again, contrary to the way or opposite of the way that they built a World Series champion, but it's the cycle of baseball, and it's what they have right now, and it, it, it sounds like 
it sounds more risky, I think, frankly, than the other way around because it's easier to buy two pitchers that could make an impact like they did or trade for two guys like John Lester they signed, Jake Arrieta they traded for. You need more than that if you're going to spend on position players and rely on the, the depth of your pitching prospects to develop. Well, and you know the breakdown issue for for young pitchers too. Uh, you, you just can't have four or five and say that's it. You need ten in your organization that you can project. And I think that's where the, you know, if you look at the White Sox right now, they they have they have really good fortification of young pitchers at AAA right now in case somebody goes down. Um, that that's that's where the Cubs are going to try to build to uh, when they they start making moves and start looking. Uh, for for 2022 and on. So, um, you know, knowing that you have half of your team that are, are potential free agents, some of those guys will be used in trades. Uh, some of those guys uh, will not. But uh, certainly uh, when you look at the need for pitching, uh, that's where the, you, you have to feel the Cubs go. I know for a fact uh, that, that they're looking at uh, other teams and that pitching is number one on the docket for them. Yeah, because last night you look at the bullpen, and yeah, Craig Kimbrell is, he gets his seventh save, and, but did you really expect Chafin to be a pitcher you relied upon as much as they have relied upon him, and him to be as consistent as he has at this point of the season? Probably not. You have Ryan Tapera that's been used a lot. These are guys, Bruce, that they have been pressed into duty, and their consistency has been up. It's been down. Chafin's been really good most of the time, but you don't look at that bullpen and you think, boy, you know that's going to re- that's going to make you feel confident and comfortable. You don't look at that bullpen, say, uh, for the sake of comparison, the way you look at the White Sox bullpen, which makes you feel a lot better about their direction. The Cubs, it could be hit or miss, and lately it's been okay, but you don't know how sustainable that's going to be. Yeah, I, I, again, you know, I think if if you're a Cub fan, you you look at the young guys and you go, hey, this is good. Thompson's good. Steele is good. Alzale's good. Uh, the veteran pitchers, we want them to pitch well so we can win this year, but 2022 is what you're really looking at. 2023 is what you're looking at. You want them to be uh, tradable pieces for you in July. I know with a lot of season left, you don't want to give up on 2021, but there, there's nothing, with all due respect, that tells you, yeah, sure, the Cubs can be a playoff team, but Nothing that tells you that they're a world championship caliber team. They have world championship caliber players uh, mingled in, but uh, th- this is not a championship team. I mean, we, we talk about trading the position players. What do you think Kimbrell is going to bring uh, uh, in, in July? Well, he is arguably the best closer and has been one of the best bullpen pitchers in baseball since mid-year last year. Ba- relatively unhittable. Um, you know, I believe, you know, just giving up uh, one run so far this year and uh, going back to last year, you know, 12 out of 13 uh, shutout performances. This is a dominant pitcher that can bring you a lot back at the deadline. Interesting text to the Rosen Hyundai text line, Bruce. 847 says the mistake is accepting that Kyle Hendricks is still an ace caliber pitcher. Trade him first. I'm convinced his low fastball velocity is too close to the changeup speed now, and he's not fooling anybody. He's not fooling a soul. Honestly, if anyone is an ace on the Cubs, frankly, it's Arietta or Alzali. And the point is well taken. Kyle Hendricks, except for a brief couple starts there, has been 
you know, not up to his standard. He would be the first one to tell you that, Bruce. Where is this headed, and do you think he could ever be somebody that the Cubs dangle in a trade? Uh, I would say yes. Uh, you know, there. I mean, I, I think every everyone is always uh, av- available for a trade on that team. I don't think there's an untouchable when you're talking about uh, superstar players that are facing their last year. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think that's that's a stretch at all. Um, you know, uh, the situation with uh, with Hendricks and uh, with Giolito is it's interesting. You know how really good pitchers and perceived pitchers struggle, but uh, I think we have to make one point, and that is, if you're the best pitcher on your team, that doesn't make you one of the best pitchers in the game, okay? Hendricks was considered one of the best pitchers in the game, uh, even in last year where he had a, a very good season, 60 games. So uh, for him to drop off like he has is uh, kind of surprising, I would say, to this point. But but knowing, you know, this guy's your number one, your number two, well, you know, where are they in comparison to the rest of baseball? That's that's the perspective that you have to have if you want to get a real feel for where your team or your franchise is and where they're going. Well, that says everything right there, Bruce. You look at the Sox, and they have uh, probably a guy who's arguably been the best, one of the best pitchers in baseball, and Carlos Rodon going into the mound for them today, 5-0. and Michael Kopech's been as electric as anybody that has been on the mound in a major league mound this season. And and the Cubs just don't have anybody that even comes close to being considered as, oh boy, you know, he's one, he's he's an all-star candidate. He's he's an all-star caliber pitcher. And and everything is relative, but it used to be that wasn't the case. You had you had people for the Cubs on the in their rotation that you could, you know, feel as good as any and as any pitching staff in, in the National League. And right now they just have a pitching staff that reflects their expectations. Modest, uh, respectable, solid perhaps, not spectacular, and I don't know how that changes. And I'm not quite sure what went wrong with Kyle Hendricks this year. Bruce, do you have any insight into what exactly he's not doing and why he has struggled so mightily so early in games? Hendricks you're talking about or Giolito? Hendricks. Hendricks. Well, I I think he's been really, really forcing the issue on the fastball. And he's got a good one. He's got a really good one. He has not really had good command of his breaking stuff. And if you noticed uh, the other day, and you could hear in a ballpark where it didn't have a lot of patrons because it was a day game during the week, um, him cussing himself out and his his wife screaming at him, uh, get it together. And him screaming at himself because he was, because he was spiking the breaking ball, and he hasn't had command of that. Uh, uh, he got away with one high breaking ball and struck somebody out in that outing. But I think he he's um, he's just been a little beside himself because even though he challenges hitters and it's 98, big league hitters can hit 98. Okay, that's what that's all they see right now is 98. So he's trying to get his act together and, and get his full array of pitches working. Uh, and, again, he's been very successful. It's not like he's blowing every uh, save, but it's been kind of clunky, and it's not exactly what he expects of himself. He expects per, uh, perfection, and uh, he hasn't been getting that from himself. I wanted to follow up this idea when, when Paul Sullivan uh, from the Tribune mentioned last uh, hour during our conversation about – Chris Bryant and how it, you know the, the trade possibilities and the contract realities that the Cubs are going to have to face. 
Scott Boris also uh, was is Bryce Harper's agent. And when Bryce Harper was with the Nationals, the Nationals gambled and lost. They lost him. He walked away. He was a free agent signed with the Phillies. We all know how that went. But Bryce Harper also gave the Nationals the right of last refusal, if I remember correctly, Bruce. They made an offer, turned it down, but they were into it at three hundred million. Yeah. yeah, is that something you could envision the Cubs not necessarily letting Chris Bryant walk away for nothing? But it, it, could they be involved up until the final hour? And, and will Chris Bryant and Scott Boris give the Cubs a chance to to stay in and to make a last ditch offer if if they can find the money to keep him? Well, Bryant said he wants to be here all along, and he, he That's loves Bryant. Chicago. That's not his agent. Yeah, well, but but Brian is the one. Uh, he's made it clear that he's the one that's going to decide, not Scott Boris. Okay, let's hope so. Uh, I mean, uh, all those years where, all those years where, um, uh, Greg Maddox was represented by Boris. He, he, Greg would always say, "Hey, he's a great agent. I wouldn't have anybody else." But don't make any mistake about it. I make the decisions of where I want to go and what I want to do. So it's not always. Uh, the last dollar. I think in the case of Bryant, if there's a comfortability about staying here, that there would be a, a hometown discount. It wouldn't be to the uh, effect of 250 million instead of 300 million, but there would be there would be some some things, some consolations, you know, that he would make, uh, uh, you know, as far as staying in Chicago. I think he really does want to stay here. And as you noticed, David. Almost everybody, to a man that signs these long-term contracts, the first year isn't good. It's it's really there's an adjustment year. You saw it with Lester. You saw it with uh, Hayward. You see it. Uh, you saw it with Harper. You saw it with Machado. They weren't uh, they weren't up to the caliber of years that those teams were expecting to get in those first years. There's an awful lot of pressure moving to another city and proving you're worth three hundred million dollars. I just think it's great to watch a superstar player have this kind of renaissance after people had written him off after a down year, maybe year and a half. But Jason Hayward's right. I think wasn't Chris Bryant an all-star in 2019. It wasn't up to his standard, perhaps. But you see Chris Bryant go to the cage, make the adjustments to his swing, and we're seeing the results of that. And I think the Cubs have to rethink the way – everything about the future without Chris Bryant when you see a player who has reconsidered his own future and what needed to be changed and he did make those changes and he is playing like a superstar utility player because he can play everywhere and that versatility has value and it's got to have value but uh, that's a a great point David I mean that that's the key is that uh, I'm as guilty as anybody by after his second year thinking well, this guy's 40 and 120 the rest of the way. He's uh, 25 years old, and uh, you know the sky is the limit. Uh, all of a sudden, real world things happen. Baseball happens, but to show that versatility, and not not only the versatility of going in from position position to position, and being good at it, but uh, embracing it, just as a kid like you talked about, a kid on a, a little league team that's the best team on that team, and his father is the coach, and he goes, hey, hey dude, you got to pitch this inning. You got to play shortstop uh, the sixth inning, and we need you in center field the last inning. And by the way, hit a home run, and we're all going to Dairy Queen. Uh, Philly bars that's for everybody. Pretty, 
that's pretty much what uh, Chris Bryant's been about so far in the first uh, 40 games of the season. All right, we will shift gears. We have Chris Getz for the White Sox coming up uh, uh, in the second uh, half of this hour. We have plenty more baseball conversation along the way for Bruce Levine. David Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. In the air, left center. Hamilton puts away a split for the Sox. Liam Hendricks closes the deal. And the Sox do it for the kids tonight. 3-1 your final score. Welcome back inside the clubhouse here. Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw until 11 o'clock talking White Sox. That was a voice of Jason Benetti. Thank you to NBC Sports Chicago for the highlight. White Sox. Go ahead, and they get a split uh, yesterday. Michael Kopech pitches strong in the nightcap after they dropped the uh, opener. And a scary moment with Jose Abreu collided with Hunter Dozier. Sounds like Jose Abreu might be okay. And we'll find out more later today when we hear from Tony La Russa. But right now, Bruce, it is time to go out to the Alpamonte Nissan hotline. Alpamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. That's where we find White Sox uh, Vice President Chris Getz, good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. You Chris, have to... uh, go ahead, Bruce. Chris, uh, thanks for joining us. Is uh, you've been generous with your times in the past with us. Uh, I just uh, want to uh, get your overview first and foremost of uh, of AAA starting and the minor league starting, which you you're in you're in charge of uh, for the White Sox. Uh, as the assistant uh, general manager and director of the minor leagues. And uh, 
how uh, how that is evolving. Let's start uh, with um, uh, the AAA season. How is how is that started? Uh, how is that resonating? Uh, how is everything working uh, at uh, at AAA for the, the White Sox at Charlotte? And, you know, it's going it's going uh, fairly smoothly. Um, you know, if anything, I'd say it's a huge relief to finally, you know, get to the minor league season, send these guys off to affiliates. Um, I know that they're really excited to be out there and competing every night. Um, something they, you know, not, uh, not accustomed to here, uh, recently. So, um, I've really enjoyed watching these guys. I, I actually was just down in Charlotte and, you know, just, you know, checking in with, checking in with our staff, watching the progress of some of our players, you know, it, it does feel like we're getting closer to, to some normalcy. So, but I, but I know these players have been through a lot, you know, being, a, being that they, they've been away from, from playing on a daily basis and competing against a, teams in another uniform. Um, but uh, I'm enjoying following these guys and look forward to, to seeing how the season unravels down there. Okay, Chris, so how many home runs is Jake Berger going to hit this year, and when does he get to Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he, you know, beyond COVID, right, He the, the and, and not being able to play last year with the injuries he's been through, the adversity he's faced, just to see him out there, um, you know, whether it be defensive side, running the bases, at bats, Obviously, he's been able to stream together some some doubles and some homers. Um, he, he's the the old Jake Berger. Uh, it, it's really fun to see, and uh, you know, it's it's really about getting playing time, getting at bats um, for for Jake, and we'll see where it goes. But it, he's off to a nice start. He, he's hitting third regularly, um, and, and he's having some really good at bats. You know, uh, we we talk about the White Sox right now and some of these veterans that are brought in, but Chris, there has to be an awful lot of pride uh, with all the number ones that have been making their way and uh, impacting the uh, team uh, over recent vintage uh, on the, the present team. But when you look at um, when you look at real pride, you look at a guy like Danny Mendick, um, you know, a 22nd round pick, and and you see the versatility and uh, the just the baseball player skills that he brings every day. Um, there has to be for you and the organization a lot of pride in in the Danny Mendix of the world making it to the big leagues and having an impact. No, that's very true, and and fortunately we we've had a lot of uh, success here with with our draft picks that have gone through our system and helped our major league club. Um, but yeah, on top of that, we've had some some later round picks, um, whether it be you know, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round or, or in the teens or a 25th rounder like Danny Mendick, um, that perhaps when you're picking them, you don't anticipate a guy, you know, making your making it to the major leagues or, or contributing the, the way that some of these guys have. But Danny Mendick has, has been um, productive right out of the gate um, and continues to get better. He's a manager's dream. He has a tremendous attitude, can play all over the diamond, put together a professional at bat, and, and he's got some punch in his bat. So, um, you know, he, he's, he's a guy that, that gives you roster flexibility. Um, but it's really an, it's a winning attitude um, with production. So to see a guy like Danny uh, go out there and help our major league club and do, you know, show us what he's capable of doing um, has, been, has been very, very rewarding, but also um, motivating for, for, for others. 
Um, so very, very cool story, and hopefully he continues to go out there and help produce. Talking with Chris Getz, the assistant general manager for the White Sox in charge of player development. And another cool story, Chris, obviously involves your mean Mercedes, and I know you can't talk about him enough, and there's always a, a chuckle when, when you ask about your mean Mercedes and how you found him and how you developed him. But I guess as you continue to marvel at his progress, how often do you think back at that sort of raw prospect that you guys – got in the, in the Rule 5 draft and just how far away he was from being the kind of player that you have come to now at the major league level depend upon as your designated hitter. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> truly an amazing story. It is. And, in, you know, people just, you know, talk about the Rule 5, but people think you're talking about the major league phase of a Rule 5, and we're talking about the minor league phase. Um, he was on a double-A roster. So, um, you know, Dan Fabian and our, our pro scouts, our international scouts, I mean, they just did a tremendous job. We did have a need. I remember the conversation with, with Dan Fabian prior to that Rule 5 draft, and I, he said, dude, what, 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 is, there, is there a need that needs to be um, filled? And I, and I said, you know, a lower-level catcher would be nice. He goes, well, we just got, recently had uh, some eyes on this guy, your mean Mercedes down in winter ball. Um, and, you know, I took a look at it. And, you know, a handful of our scouts and certainly saves uh, said that, you know, this guy could, could potentially help us. And we got him and got him into the system. And, you know, you lay eyes on him in, in, in spring training for, for the first time. Uh, and, you know, bigger guy. Um, but, man, he loved to play. There, there was such passion um, and fearlessness and, and, and something that, that really – uh, stood out right out of the gate. wasn't easy for him. Didn't know what to make of the whole situation. The, uh, you know, and certainly his his background. Multiple organizations played some indie ball, um, but you know he 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 went started in high A with us and um, was productive. He continued to challenge him, and, and he he answered. I mean, he just continued to to hit the ball to all fields. He caught fairly well too. He, he's a he's he's got. Um, very, very strong catch and throw skills, and his framing was towards the top too. So, uh, it's been fun to watch, and obviously, he's been very helpful for for our major league club here. Um, and uh, hopefully, he he can continue to do that. Chris Getz, uh, vice president and uh, director of the minor leagues for the White Sox, uh, also assistant general manager, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. He's David Haw and Bruce Levine. We're here with you every week, fifty-two weeks out of the year talking baseball between 9 and 11 a.m. So uh, there's been a lot of success to talk about, uh, Chris, but I need to find out internally what the thought process was in the front office and, and throughout the organization when uh, when Tony stood up and admitted that he wasn't ready uh, with the right rule during interleague play uh, last week. And uh, and it, how, how, how is that per- perceived among your group, and is it does it does it hurt uh, when when he has to admit he made a mistake uh, throughout the organization, and, and does everybody feel like they have to take some responsibility for that? I think you know I think you got to take ownership, um, whether it be organizationally, and Tony did that. Um, listen, we no one's going to be perfect, um, and you know that was a situation that was unfortunate, but uh, you learn from it, you move on. There's been there's been a, a, a lot of positive moves, um, whether it be tactically, 
um, you know, in-game management. So I know it's easy to, to focus on focus on that. Um, certainly catches a lot of attention, and, and, and rightly so. But you move on, and Tony has. Um, and, and I certainly respect, we all respect that he, he came out and that I, I, should, I didn't know that. I should have known that. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we still went out there and, and started winning some ball games, and we continued to do that. So, um, you know, you learn from it, you move on. That's life. Um, and uh, what's done is done. And, you know, it's, sort of, it's part of building character for, for, for yourself or, or your organization and your team. So, um, you know, ho- hopefully we don't need to talk about that too much because, you know, the, those types of things don't happen. But, uh, you know, feel, feel for Tony, feel for the team that day. But, you know, we, we certainly didn't, didn't back down um, and we, we were able to reel off some wins. So, Chris, your area is in player development right now, and I think what's something else that is remarkable about the White Sox, they have the best record in baseball, and you look at the way they're doing it, and it sometimes gets overlooked that it wasn't that long ago where we were clamoring with anxiety and people were saying, can Andrew Vaughn catch a fly ball in left field? And <laughs> looks like that's the, the easiest part of his game so far, and he's starting to hit now. And you look at Garrett Crochet. And a year ago, you know, he was still, you know, finishing up in college and had yet to be drafted. And there, there's so much to like about these young players, but they're learning at the major league level. And I don't know how often or how rare it is to have this sort of player development taking place at the major league level. It's on the job training, and they seem to be doing those jobs. I don't want to say flawlessly because that never happens, but they seem to be doing it professionally, and that's got to be as encouraging from your standpoint as anything we're seeing. Sure. I mean, it, it's a testament to, to the evaluations for, at the, on the amateur level, um, certainly a, a testament to our coaches throughout our whole organization, minor league, major league. Um, you know, we've challenged these guys. We have. Uh, you know, when, when players go through our minor league system, some go quickly, some take a little bit longer. You want to – prepare them the best you can um, both psychologically and obviously physically as well and make them as well-rounded as possible. You can't simulate the major leagues, um, you know, you know, perfectly, um, but you do the best you can. And these guys, certainly it's, it's um, on the job training, uh, but, but, but these guys have, um, have not backed down and taken on the challenge and have performed. Um, and then that's really just, part of the culture we've created uh, i feel like guys guys um and whether that be from from teammates uh coaches front office you name it but uh it's been fun to watch it's it's certainly easier said than done um, but we're talking about a really really talented group of players uh whether it be crochet vaughn madrigal um you know the danny mendix of the world we're we're talking about the the best in the world uh type athletes and, um, you know, they, they've really come together and become it, – it's really fun and enjoyable and rewarding to watch these guys play together on a nightly basis. They're fundamentally sound, and uh, we're winning some ball games. So uh, it's been fun. Chris, in closing with you, David and I really appreciate your time, and uh, always you're always so uh, open and, and forthright with what you, what you say on our show and appreciate it very much. Uh, a little bit of an injury update. Uh, where, where do we stand with, uh, first and foremost, Adam Engel, and then if we can get around to, uh, to uh, Robert and uh, to Eloy and some projections? Well, uh, Adam, Adam's progressing well. I don't think we're too far off here. Um, 
you know, he's in a running progression and, you know, he's starting to get some swings and, and, you know, we look forward to getting him back uh, here in the near future. Uh, the other guys, you know, they're, 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 uh, they're healing. Um, they're a little further, you know, they, they've got a ways to go here. Um, tough to really put an exact timetable down, but sure. they're, they're doing well in their, their rehab, uh, continuing to encourage those guys. Those guys are motivated to get back because they want to be part of this. And, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can with the players that we have right now. And I, I, I think they've done a great job filling in for those guys. And we'll be even better when those guys are return and, and join us. Just one thing with Angle, and, and that is, um, uh, do, you, do you project them for some time in June? And, uh, you know, how much does that come into play when you and Rick and Kenny and, and uh, you know, the front office and Jeremy uh, sit down and talk about, well, do we have to make a move or don't we? Well, you know, yes, we, we do anticipate a return here in June. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, you know, we've got a group of guys, whether you need to piece it together or guys just step step up um, single-handedly, whether it be on the AAA level um, or guys within our major league roster. Um, but guys have really gone out there and stepped up. And But but, but certainly, you know, we're, we're looking, looking at players outside of the organization to feel like it's going to be a fit. Um, fortunately, we've had some guys that, that have been able to produce um, with those voids. Um, but, but it's a constant conversation within our front office and organization, and we'll continue to do that. Uh, but certainly anticipate Adam coming back here shortly, and we know what he's capable of doing both offensively and defensively. Chris, thanks so much for your time, and, and enjoy the ride. It's been a fun season, and it promises to get even better. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, Chris Getz, the White Sox assistant general manager in charge of player development and what players they have developed, Bruce. This is a mix of veterans and and organizational guys who have come up and they have helped kind of absorb some of these injuries and and overcome some of these obstacles, and it's because of the depth of the the organization they've been able to do that. Yeah, you know, you look at the White Sox competing, we talk about championships, but they're in the midst of player development with a lot of these guys, and we're seeing uh, the crochets – and uh, the Copex contribute, and uh, you know, a year from now we might be talking about them being at the top of the rotation. So this is, uh, you know, it's a fun time for fans from uh, on the South Side and, and the White Sox. So they have absolutely a lot of great young-looking uh, talent, and they're they're helping them win now. And and their spots on the team might change uh, drastically as this goes on. It's rare when you can compete for a championship and simultaneously develop your best young talent, and the White Sox are doing just that. 23-14, and 14, the best team in baseball as we sit here this morning. The Cubs back in action today, 3-10 here on the score, pregame 235 against the Tigers. Trevor Williams on the mound. And we will be back here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. To wrap things up, Bruce Levine, David Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. Final segment as we are here every Saturday morning talking baseball with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw. Bruce, you got something to get off your chest, and then I have something to get off mine. We don't hear the chin music today. We had ran out of time, but we have some things we need to vent about. Nonetheless, you can start. Well, I think this a story, uh, a bigger story than would be uh, first anticipated is that ESPN – it's cut a new deal with Major League Baseball for the future 
But uh, a lot of it is trimming uh, games on radio and TV. So uh, their weekday radio and TV broadcasts will be going bye-bye. They will continue Sunday night baseball. Streaming will be a big thing for them. Uh, but uh, the fact that um, you know a lot of uh, a lot of games, uh, both on the radio and television, uh, during the week and on Saturdays will be eliminated. I think the emphasis we're seeing is that uh, although they retain their rights for postseason, you're only going to get 30 games uh, on on Sunday for both radio and TV. And the fact that um, uh, their emphasis is going more toward hockey. Uh, with their big package than baseball. They're putting most of their resources toward uh, hockey and de-emphasizing baseball. I think it's a it's a much bigger story than has been reported. Yeah, ESPN announced they have reached a seven-year deal, starts in 2022, totals $3.85 billion with a B, $550 million annually. And you're right about some of the realities. Sunday night's baseball will remain exclusive, but some of the other changes – will be felt and noticeable, and I do wonder uh, about the streaming component, whether or not um, that will compensate for some of the other shortcomings that you mentioned, but um, big money, Bruce, and that will be that's kind of dominated the headlines. I don't know that a lot of people have looked at it from your perspective in terms of how it becomes maybe a lesser product because of uh, the number of people it'll reach. Well, a lesser product, and a lot of our friends that work those games uh, Monday's Wednesdays, you know, yeah. uh, Thursdays, Saturdays, their their jobs are being eliminated, you know. Right. So uh, that is, I think it's a, it's a big story because, you know, ESPN has always been at the forefront of uh, baseball coverage. And now uh, they'll keep baseball tonight. They'll keep their games on, uh, their 30 games on Sundays. But the rest is all about live streaming, uh, being able to do the, uh, you know, live look-ins and things like that on SportsCenter. So... It's going to be interesting change. People to thank today, my friend. Well, hold on, Bruce. I want to get this off my chest. White Sox have to tell Yohan Mankata to stop catching fly balls in the infield, okay? How's that? Because he's going to hurt somebody. (laughs) you got to tell him every time there's a pop-up, he needs to run for the dugout because just get out of everybody's way. Well, he needs to run, first of all, when he hits a double off the wall. It could have been a triple. People to thank today include Paul Sullivan of the Tribune. Chris Getz of the Chicago White Sox, Adam Stadzinski for a job well done. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also on the website at Red White Sox and Cubs on our website at 670thescore.com. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate uh, the time this morning. Welcome. David, uh, have a great week. Yeah, glad to be back. And we are, are here next week again, 9 to 11. Welcome inside the clubhouse here at Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.